All right, hello. Um, this is me again. This is my very first actual legitimate episode, aside from my introductory episode. I still haven't considered what I'm going to go by or how I'm going to address or introduce myself, so we're just going to have to stick with my awkward me being me for the time being, which I apologize if you listen to this and you cringe, because I'm cringing too, believe me. But uh, for my very first episode, I want to start off with um, where I started. So to kind of get things up to speed, just kind of talk about the things that I have learned when I very first started. So as I've mentioned in my previous episode or introductory episode, I started out with Wicca. So if anyone, you know... Wicca's the easiest, I think, in my opinion, to learn about. You can find so much information on Wicca. There's so many amazing YouTubers, there's so many podcasts, there's so so many books that are so easy to read. And um, the thing that I like about a lot of the things that involve Wicca is that it's not always just them talking about their religion and how they do things, but it's a whole lot of uh, information on witchcraft itself. So, for example, there may be some differences between the Wicca religion and some other pagan religions, especially the Nordic, but there's not a whole major difference. So, a lot of times they focus on the idea of the magic and how it, like, I guess encompasses it and whatever. But, um, so like I said, I started out with Wicca and the things that I find that are usually different between the Wicca and the other stuff is the Wheel of the Year and their view on what the Wheel of the Year actually represents. So for Wicca, it's usually the um, relationship between the god and the goddess. um, So it's basically the general cycle of birth and death and it's the goddess is, you know, growing up, she's having a you know, she meets the god, she has a child with the god, then, you know, eventually they die, and, you know, mother, maiden, and crone, and all that other information, so, um, I wanted to bring that up, because the wheel of the year is not always generally important, but that's one of the big differences that I've seen in between, is that generally the Wiccan is worshiping the god and the goddess so there are other deities that you can worship i'm pretty sure um again i'm not completely into the wiccan i've just kind of learned a little bit about it realized it wasn't for me and kind of moved along um but it's some really good readings for the information on wicca is um wicca for beginners i know i have that book I'd have to find it in order to tell you the author, but there's a book called Wicca for Beginners, and then there's a book by Raven someone, I'm so sorry, I'm terrible with names, Um, it's a book about teenage witchcraft and stuff like that, and it also puts in little bits and pieces about the Wicca belief, and generally that one is pretty suggested for if you are starting in it, whether you're a teenager or not, it's very basic, it starts at you know, the most basic of basic that you can possibly get. But um, some things I wanted to express to you about when you get into your path is you want to 
keep a journal. There's no such thing as too many journals. I promise you, I probably have about 50 of them and it's a real struggle. Now, see if you're like me who is very organized oriented and wants everything to be aesthetically pleasing, I suggest keeping a binder. That's what I'm using. This is something new I actually started. I have like 50 uh, journals and they're leather bound and I love them, but I also like to be organized and I don't want to mess up putting something into my other journals. So what I've done is I took a binder that I have for school. I shoved a shit ton of paper in it and I write everything down as it comes to me, when it comes to me. And it's kind of like this chaotic mess and that's because I can organize it a certain way. Um, you know, with the rings, I can insert papers in certain places, take paper out certain places, kind of get an organized idea as far as how I want things to be put into my book of shadows when it's, you know, when I get to the part where there's a lot, you know, enough to fill a book. So this way I'm not like, you know, getting irritated at the fact that like you can't, nothing's together and nothing's where it should be. And all that other stuff. Um, another thing too with journaling is that it's very helpful as well as if you do dream journaling. And dream journaling is number one for me because like I've mentioned in my before, dream work is major for me. Major, major, major. Because it is something that I feel I'm connected to and connected with. So when you keep a journal of your dreams and stuff you can kind of look back and look at you know the things that go on what happened you know um potential feelings uh like for example I remember there was one part I was going through my journal just reading it and I noticed that there was a lot of water in a lot of my dreams now water is usually a symbol of emotion and stuff like that which makes sense because I was in a very emotional state at the time um Journaling also helps with your magical practice. So anytime you practice a ritual or anything like that, it's good to keep a journal because you can look through it. You can say, hey, that worked for me. Hey, that one didn't work for me. Okay, what's the difference between the two? Does it work, does it work better when it's a full moon? Does it work better when it's a new moon? What associations should I change? You know, um, it's very sciencey if you want to look at it that way so it's like trial and error so you know when you were in school and stuff and you do science projects they have you keep a little um they give you those papers and stuff where it tells you about how you're going to go about doing it what is the questions you're asking what are the steps you're going to take how are you going to keep it controlled and then you figure out what happened afterwards so sometimes it's good to also keep space in your journal in between each insert so that you can um you can figure out sorry I lost my train of thought <laughs> lost my train of thought but uh you can keep space in between so that you know for example say I do a ritual and I don't think it worked but then next thing you know like months later I look back at it and I'm like hey yeah, maybe it didn't work immediately, maybe it didn't work a week after, but it worked a month later, so that's something, and you can put that in there and be like, hey, you know, that's interesting, this is what I found happened even when I forgot about it, 
and uh yeah it's very helpful to help especially like if you're like me who's also trying really hard to start new family traditions which is what i'm my aim and my goal is to do um it's also very good for that because you know say you have children down the road and you're like you know it's almost like a family heirloom like a you know almost like a book of shadows of course you know is the biggest thing for that and you can be like these are the things that I've done and tried and trial and error and this is what I've learned and it's not going to be the same for them but it's still something that people can hold on to and take information from almost like I'm doing now and I'm doing with like 50 other podcasts and videos and books and etc etc you know cross-referencing basically um, the other thing, too, is reading, gathering information is hugely important when it comes to everything dealing with the metaphysical world as well as with m- the magical world, witchcraft, Wicca, religions, any of that. You want to continuously read. I'm. It's not always set in stone. So, for example, I'm reading stuff about Norse mythology, and one book tells me that, hey... Thor isn't Odin's child. He was almost like a close friend, which is really weird to me, but, you know, it's it's nothing you really hear a lot, but it tells me one thing, and then another book, or two or three other books might tell me another. So it's very important to continuously, continuously, continuously reading. I cannot stress it enough, because you might think something's right one way, but you might find that it doesn't work for you. So it's so for example, like I've mentioned before, um, I've had I have groups where people uh, talk about their witchcraft and their practices and their religion and stuff like that. And I remember asking about scrying. So if anyone knows, scrying is a form of divination in which you look into a. It's traditionally you're supposed to look into an obsidian mirror, and you're just supposed to kind of gather pictures that kind of pop up and try and decipher what that is supposed to mean as far as relating to your question. Um, But I've asked about it because I know that there are little DIY projects where you can make your own scrying mirror using paint and a picture frame. And I'm like kind of iffy on that because like I said, I'm a little traditional. So I'd rather have like an actual obsidian mirror. And I said, hey, do you think it's going to matter? And I've had people tell me that they scry with their TV with the, when it's off. And to me, that's just kind of like, again, personal preference. It's not really up my alley. But like I said, it may work for other people, but it might not work for me, which is why reading and cross-referencing is so very important. And not only that, but you'll realize that different books may have different information that is extremely valuable. So, for example, Wicca for Beginners. This I got this book even after I decided I wasn't really into Wicca. But I found that while the witchcraft book may have not, may have scraped a little bit into the whole energy work, it doesn't really give a whole lot of, uh, it doesn't give a whole lot of information or like practices or anything like that for you to do. Whereas for Wicca for Beginners, not only does he talk about a little bit of the history and their belief system, but they also talk about the 
multiple different energy exercises that you can do in order to work your way up into energy work, which is going to amplify your magical work by a lot. So it's always a good idea to continuously look and research and ask questions and don't be afraid to look at like 50 different websites and pick out what you feel is correct and what resonates with you and practice it. Practice it a lot. You know, trial and error. Figure out what it is that you did right, what it is you did wrong, what feels off, what feels, you know, what feels good. It's all up to you and personal preference. Um, But journaling and reading are some major things that I think are huge for basics. Um, There are other basics as far as, you know, uh, witchcraft, which I also learned when I was younger, and that's other things such as symbols, altars, um, again, Book of Shadows, which is basically journaling, or kind of under journaling, there's, you know, how to set up uh, or cast a circle, how to close a circle, how to um, provoke spirits or the elements, how to, you know, different types of offerings you can give on your altar, the Sabbaths, you know, basically the wheel of the year. There are so many different things and I'm hoping that I can cover them all. I don't have all of my resources that I normally do and keep when I am trying to prepare for a ritual or something like that. And it's really difficult for me to kind of just say, hey, here's here's what we're going to start with. Considering a lot of times when I talk about this, it's usually when people ask me specific questions So, I'm sorry if I feel like I'm all over the place, but, uh, yeah, so, that's fun. So, um, I'm gonna cut this real quick just so that I can go and get some of my information, which I probably should have prepared for before I started this. I'll be right back. Alright, so that's probably gonna feel like just a split section to you, but thank you. I'm gonna say thank you anyways for waiting, but, um... I think that what I'm going to start with is uh, basically I'm going to talk about what the difference is between paganism and, you know, an actual religion. So paganism is basically a a religion other than one of the main world religions, specifically non-Christian or pre-Christian religions. So, um, for example... A pagan doesn't always have to believe in multiple gods, that's polytheism, but a pagan can be, um, for example, if anyone's ever heard of it, Pastafarianism. So, uh, Pastafarianism is a monotheistic religion, and yes, it is considered to be an actual religion, and um, it was a satire religion that was started, mm, I can't remember when, but basically to kind of be a satire to Christian religions. Um, if anyone knows about it, it basically focuses on, instead of God, God is a flying spaghetti monster. And instead of hell, or, you know, there's no, they don't really focus on hell, but the heaven is basically just a bunch of pirate women and beer. So, um, yeah, that's, the more you know, Pastafarianism, if you want to actually look into it, um, really fun stuff. So, paganism is basically... You know, any religion aside from anything that's Christian-based or Judo-Christian-based. So, it can be polytheistic, 
it can be monotheistic, but as long as it doesn't have to do with the Judeo-Christian religion, then it is paganism. Um, again, this is also one thing, too, that... I'm sorry, but I'm kind of going off of some slides that I made, like, forever ago as general help, because, like I said, I'm super awkward and I'm all over the place, but you don't have to... You don't have to believe in multiple gods in order to be pagan. As long as it doesn't relate it to the Christian god. You know, for example, if you want to worship Betty White, then you're still pagan. Even though you only have the belief in one god. Um, there are multiple different pagan religions as well, such as Wicca, Asatru, which is one that I really plan on talking about. Kematism, Buddhism, Satanism, Druidry, um, Luciferianism, Pastafarianism, of course, something I already talked about. Uh, the difference between that and spiritualism is that when you are getting into spiritualism, it's that your spirit is the prime element of our existence. So you might, you, there's a difference between spiritualism and paganism, as in paganism focuses on the fact that there is a god, there is a deity, a spirit, maybe someone else, or this all-knowing being. Whereas spiritualism is focusing on your self-identifying compass. So this is what helps make you feel connected or whole, usually associated with religion. Your spirituality is what helps you find meaning in life, such as personal deities, religion, nature, or even art. So that's kind of yourself, your own being. Um, so I think that's, you know, where to start. Other than that, the two differences are major for learning and stuff because there is a huge difference between spiritualism and paganism. Paganism, again, focusing on the religion, spiritualism, focusing on the spiritualism, the being, which I plan on focusing on both. Um, unfortunately, though, I don't know if I'll be talking a whole lot about these other religions, which I would love to learn more about, and I probably could. But right now, considering I know I'm following the Asatru path, and I used to kind of get into Wicca, I figured that I would start there because it's something I know a little more about. But, um, Maybe sometime in the future I can talk about these other things. Pastafarianism is a super fun one, um, only because it was meant to be satire, so it's hilarious. But uh, spiritualism is something also I really like to talk about, and partially that has to do with the fact that it, it deals with a lot of spiritualism when you're dealing with dream work, and it also helps out when you get into the religious stuff, because... I believe one of the one of the Wiccan rules is to know yourself. And although that may be a Wiccan rule, I feel like that should generally be a rule for anything and everything when you're kind of dealing with spirituality and stuff like that. Because you can cause a lot of damage than you actually think when you don't know what it is you want and who you are. And a lot of times knowing who you are and what you want and all that other stuff practicing the shadow work is what helps you to define what it is you want and help focus your energy more into your witchcraft or into, you know, 
your other, any rituals or anything that you plan to practice along with other religions. So knowing yourself is majorly huge. Spiritualism is amazing and it's also works out for anyone who's atheist. So maybe maybe you don't believe in a god, but maybe you believe in yourself. You need to focus on who you are, what it is you want, you know, all kinds of other stuff. That's usually what follows under spiritualism is things such as, you know, your chakras, um, astrology, all kinds of other stuff like that. So that is more interesting stuff that I would also like to talk to you about. And, um, yeah, so moving on, I'm going to try and get into a little more of the juice here. So as a, a filler, I'm going to talk about the difference between a pentagram and a pentacle. And again, I said this for a time filler because I'm already at 21 minutes, which is insane. I didn't think I'd be able to talk for that long. Um, I'm going to try and keep them at like 30, 40 minutes, but um, I didn't want to continuously like jumble things. And I figured the difference between a pentacle and a pentagram is not extremely important to the spiritualism, the religion. It's just kind of helpful information, if you ask me, because it's something that a lot of people tend to get wrong or tend to get mixed up. So um, let me go ahead and talk about that. In my next episode, I'm going to really get into things such as the altar and how you build an altar and its importance for an altar, the different types of altar, all kinds of stuff. So um, with that said, a pentagram and a pentacle are two different things. So a pentacle is basically the star, but with the circle, whereas the pentagram is just the star. Um, The Pentacle is usually used as a talisman. It's used, that's what you see in necklaces, uh, whereas the pentagram is kind of just the star. And of course, everyone knows, not everyone, there's multiple different reasons for the points, which this is something that I found super interesting when I was talking about this, um, when, or when I was researching and looking more into this, is the fact that there are so many different reasons for the points. So generally, if you're into paganism or spiritualism, everyone knows that the pentagram or the pentacle is the stars, the points of the stars usually represent spirit, air, fire, earth, water, which is, you know, more common for everyone to know now. But believe it or not, that is more of a... Greek belief, which is, you know, kind of interesting. It's a Greek belief that the pentacle is what, or the pentagram represents man who's made up the five elements, which is earth, air, fire, water, and spirit. So basically you need to have a spirit in order to be a person. And then you need the earth, air, fire, and water in order to survive. Um, For Celtic people, it's a symbol of the goddess Morgan, which is interesting. It And the points have healing magic, battle, fertility, sexuality, which I thought was interesting. Um, the Chinese believed it was fire, earth, metal, water, and wood, 
which I haven't really looked more into that one. That's also kind of strange. But believe it or not, Christians also had the pentacle in the Middle Ages. And they used it to represent Christ's wounds when he was crucified. So, you know, the top being the thorn and crown and then the hands and his feet. So I thought that was funny because, you know, usually Christians kind of give you a weird look. If you go out and you're like wearing a pentagram or a pentacle in broad daylight and they're like, oh, shun, shun, you know, Satanists and stuff like that. But it's really not at all what it's referencing to. But Christians actually used to have ties to it as well in the Middle Ages, which kind of makes sense, especially because Christianity wasn't introduced really until later on. Um, And this is also something that I learned in my Asatru books. But a lot of times in the Norse area, they had their beliefs and then they kind of all slowly converted to Christianity. But they basically said, we're not going to give up all of our traditions. We'll follow this person. We'll follow this God. But we are not going to give up our normal traditions. So I think that's interesting. Um... There are many different pentacles, such as, you know, the Pentacle of Solomon, the Pentacle of the 1500s, which is super interesting. Um, and then here, another one that is really weird is the Pentacle of the Golden Dawn Hermet- Hermetic. I don't, I'm sorry, I don't know how to read. But this pentacle is used in an elemental weapon. It represents Earth. But it also has ties to a secret society that inspired current occultism in the 19th and 20th century, which is crazy. So if you really want to look into that, it's the Golden Dawn Hermetic. Hermetic. H-E-R-M-E-T-I-C. But yeah, I thought that was really insane, really weird. I had a conversation with someone I had at work talking about how, oh, I learned this. I was like, it's so crazy that... Modern occultism is inspired by a secret society. And she was all like, see, that's why I can't. (laughs) She didn't, she was not as all interested in it as I was because she was like, that's why religion is such a joke. It's always someone behind the scenes, which is strange. But, you know, these people are what kind of inspired the whole spirituality. They kind of leaned people closer to the idea of energy magic and stuff like that you know using your energy in order to obtain things that you want in life which is really interesting maybe I'll actually do an episode on that because I think it's awesome but um so yeah there's the two difference basically the only differences between a pentacle and a pentagram is that a pentacle has a circle around it And circle can also sometimes have different meanings, too, depending on who you are, what you follow, and, you know, kind of what you choose to believe. So, I think I've heard somewhere, I'm sorry, don't quote me on this, I don't know who I heard it from, but I'm pretty sure I've heard that the circle actually is what helps to represent spirit. It's almost like wholeness, being whole, um... Other than that, I don't know how much of an importance the circle really is other than it kind of makes it into a talisman, you know, so you can wear it around your necklace so you can keep it in your pocket, but always something interesting. Um, I'm 
do you have more information on the Golden Dawn Hermetic? But I remember that's something I looked up about a year ago and I didn't write anything down that I learned about it, which is shame on me. But uh, thank you for listening to my rambling. If you've made it this far, I appreciate it again so, so much. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm going to go ahead and hop off this podcast now and stop rambling in your ear or over your speaker or however you're listening to me. And I'm hoping that you will stick with me still. And maybe this has been super informational and helpful for you. I don't know, but I'm going to be more prepared next time, I promise. So, uh... Have a good day. Have a good night. Have fun wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Um, I'm going to say blessed be. That is a, a Wiccan type of goodbye. But you know what? It works. So blessed be. Have a good day.